Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ethics in football, we dug ourselves a hole. Is it right or wrong to smash a player's skull? Hey, no easy answers, but there's one thing I know. Now it's time to play that banjo. Football's our favorite, but won't you please take note? We see it's got some problems, we're all in the same boat. Reckoning with football's past, I reckon you better paddle fast. Boys, I think I hear that banjo. Welcome to Banjo College Football, the world's most ethical college football podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Paul, uh, recording live here on Spotify Greenroom, as always, under the Sports Drink banner, and in partnership with our good friends at Symbol. Uh, just give it a little bit for the other hosts to get on. Sorry for uh, the absence last week. Um, the time change really always puts me in a blender. Um, this year, especially so. So uh, that combined with me experiencing a pretty gnarly cold for a couple of days there, I was really just out of commission completely. Uh, so apologize for that. But uh, yeah, our other hosts are here and I'm going to let them in. If Green Room decides to cooperate. Sorry about that. All right, cool. That's That's one. Hey, KB, how are we doing? And, and there's the other. What's up, guys? You know. You know. Yeah, Andrew, I, I'm, it's really kind of jarring to see you care about college football now, considering Georgia has been in similar positions at this point in the year, like six other times during your fandom. Yeah. <laughs> Yet this is the one year where it matters. I really want to know your thought process behind that. There's no, there's no time like the present. Um, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow never comes, KP. So we've got to live in the here and now. And um, and I don't know what you're talking about. My my beloved college football, my favorite sport ever. Something that I uh, have cared about every single year, especially last year. Um, last year the trials and the tribulations and the things that I cared about so much have set up for the glorious return to the mountaintop. Um, yeah, yeah no, and, and I'm just here to be cocky now. I don't really care. Who cares? We're all going to die. Jobs aren't real. Uh, we're going to beat Bamba by. Okay. Um, see, Andrew, that's what I want to talk to you about. I, I honestly don't want you to get hurt again because part of me feels like if the game is tied going into the fourth quarter, that like you're not gonna make it regardless, regardless of result, and it's like I don't. I just want you to recalibrate because um, you swung pretty hard in the other direction, pretty quick. So I, I just I can't I, I, okay. I can't be I can't be killed anymore. There's nothing but scar tissue there. Oh, oh we'll see. God, no. <laughs> if the game is tied in the fourth quarter, Andrew's not surviving either way. Either Georgia blows it and he climbs up to the top of the Georgia Dome and says, you know, this was enough. Or Georgia wins, and he realizes that nothing will ever get better than that, so he'll climb up to the top of the Georgia Dome and decide that, that is enough. Is Andrew climbing to high heaven? You mean the Mercedes-Benz <laughs> Stadium, right, Ross? Oh, my, my, my <laughs> sincerest apologies <laughs> to the thing next to the old Georgia Dome. Andrew is climbing to high, climbing to high heaven and just <laughs> saying, hi, Georgia I'm gonna, Dome. 
I'm going to climb to the top and then Arthur Blank is going to drone strike me down to my death. You know, uh, I really want to, what they're doing at Home Depot R&D is pretty, um, pretty innovative. Uh, we're team alone. Ross, how have you been, man? How's your uh, college football experience been recently? My college football experience has been pretty good. Um, you know, it's been, uh, it's been weird. I've worked more weekends this fall than I have in a long time. So I feel like my college football experience has been a little limited. Like I'm, I'm missing out a little bit on, on what I'm supposed to know, but you know, we're surviving, we're making it through and, uh, we're logging on each week to give, uh, takes that are thoroughly unsupported by the facts. We're doing it, man. We're doing it. Um, here, I, uh, I had a pretty full football day last weekend. I, I, I watched Bama, obviously. Um, I watched us beat a group of five team 59-3 and get shat on for it and watched Cincinnati beat a group of five team 45-28 and get, like, praise for it. So, you know, that's it's not annoying at all. Um, but then we were playing possibly the worst group of five team. And we beat them by 56. Uh, since he... Almost went to overtime with Tulsa. That's another conversation. Um, but after that, I just went at tailgated with some very nice Texas folks. Um, if uh, Miss Stephanie or Mr. Frank are listening to this, thanks again for having me. I uh, had a wonderful time. Uh, watched the end of the Iowa State Texas Tech. Was it? It was Iowa State Texas Tech. That was great. And watched the first quarter and a half of um, Kansas versus Texas, which was electric. Before I left the tailgate for my own safety. Yeah, you were watching the correct part of that game. <laughs> I was just kind of jarring to see like Kansas bully anyone, uh, much less University of Texas. I had the I had the great pleasure of uh, promising my girlfriend that we would go out on Saturday night, and then we watched the Georgia game, got food, and then she fell asleep at 9 p.m., and so I got to watch uh, the demolition that was known as uh, Kansas-Texas 2. More Kansas. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched the end of that Kansas game, and uh, it wasn't like a sports bar, so not a lot of people were paying attention, but me and uh, you guys, I'm Andrew and Ross, y'all know Joe, uh, <laughs> just Joe and I absolutely cackling around these other strangers who couldn't care less about anything that was on any television, but just a, a really just electric night for college football. So shout out to Kansas. Shout out Lance Leipold. Shout out David Beatty. You were done wrong. Uh, shout out mental illness. Shout out mental illness. Uh, Not Betty. shout out Les Miles. Rest in peace, Betty White. Um, uh, yeah, a, a great day for football. What's going on, Rich? How are you, man? Pretty good. How are y'all? Good, Rippy. I'm, I'm mad at your, uh, I'm mad at your rebels, or land sharks, or the what have yous. Well, the latest is they're phasing out the land sharks, so it's TBD. Um, well, what are you upset with them for? <laughs> uh, I just, I just wanted to see, uh, I just wanted to see Jordan Davis wear his that calzada as a hat, um, and now I'm not going to get to see that, or there's a zero percent chance that I get to see that. Um, that would have been a fun SEC championship game that I could have attended, but tickets are 600. <laughs> you would also have to bank on Auburn beating Alabama, though, which looked more likely two weeks ago than it did on Saturday. That's for sure. Well, it looked likely in the first half on Saturday. That is very true. That game was incredibly weird. Can anyone uh, tell me how many consecutive points uh, Auburn gave up to Mississippi State, like in a row? Before they scored again, forty. I, I believe it, I believe it was four zero. Four zero, huh? And then that whole time, um, look, I know, but like we know now, Bo Nix was hurt. But in that whole time, Brian Harson, who Auburn fans swore was like a genius in-game adjustment guy, just let those guys score forty straight. Just here you go. You know what, Kevin? You have never stopped a team from scoring 40 points on you. So I feel like uh, you talking about Brian Harson. I don't know. I don't know if that's really fair. Listen, man. Um, 
I, I know this isn't really like the best comparison for it, but listen, if me and eleven, if me and ten lizards got out there, um, we could have done worse than the Auburn defense did in that in that stretch. KP, what you brewing up over there? I uh, just made a just put out some coffee because I'm tired as fucking shit, uh, and it's just eight p.m. So really settling into my old man era right now. Is this is this any decaf? You got a half calf, a decaf, full calf? No, straight uncut Colombian beans, buddy. Oh, brother! How late <laughs> yeah. is that going to keep you up? You're oh, like man. a nine. You're not. You're like a nine o'clock bed guy now, though, aren't you? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. But I'm so tired right now. This will probably keep me up till ten thirty, and then I'll be out like a light pretty soon hey, after Pete, that. The real old man move is knowing the hour at which you have to stop drinking coffee. Otherwise, it's going to keep you up. It's the young. That's never. That's. Who, it's never been know, a thing just, for me. Oh well, then you're not one of us. You know, you're not you're not born for. It. It, it's that's never good. It's like if it's eleven o'clock, I'm going to bed. I don't care how much coffee I've had or when I had it. Um, Ross, do you know what's uh, speaking of uh, just random news and callbacks from last week? You know what's fucked? We get on we get on the ones and twos, and we talk about uh, naming rights and um, and uh, stadium um, stadium naming rights and the what have yous. And then, no less than six days later, we get the crypto dot com arena. Um, I, I think we we must feel at least partially responsible for the world getting a little bit worse this week. I feel thoroughly responsible, and I hate it. Although on the the topic of uh, nicknames based on sponsors that we talked about last week, I heard someone say that because Crypto.com Arena is such a shitty name, they're going to call it the Crip or the Crip. Oh, yep. <laughs> Honestly, though, they, the, OK, here's the thing. The Lakers cannot make that work. Oh, wait, no, fuck. The Clippers are getting their own stadium now, aren't they? They can. That sucks because the, they really could have – I think they could have gotten Kawhi branding behind that as, as something cool. I don't understand – well, one, there's a lot I don't understand. I don't understand crypto. I've never really – I can't buy beer with it and stuff like that. I'm probably just out on it. But they made a huge deal about that. I was looking – Bill Plaschke tweeted something about how much it hurt losing the arena name that was like synonymous with Kobe Bryant. And like, well, I appreciate the sentiment in some sense. It's like – the last one was named after like a fucking stapler. Like it's not that big of a deal. They just, I guess, took more money. I think it's it's the passage of time about it that like, yeah, it was a company that no one really gave a shit about. I think a lot of people, because it had been there long enough, like didn't think about the fact that it was technically a, a branded name. They were like, oh, this is this is like you know Fenway Park or whatever. Like it's just named after the city. It's like Yankee Stadium. It's just Staples Center. Uh, it's named after the the famous guy Kevin Staples. Yes, exactly. The founder of the. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't he and Shaq play in another arena at the beginning? No, they, weren't they I, at the Forum? Yeah, the LA. I think it was just the LA Forum. I don't know if it's the same building and they built Staples later, or if they just slapped a new name on it. I've got no idea. But uh, yeah, Crypto dot com Arena. That's. Is that the most cursed, like modern, like postmodern society thing in the history of what crypto, crypto, crypto or, the, or that arena? No, no crypto.com or like in the Lakers are what like outside the Yankees, the most recognizable American sports franchise, right? And just like Cowboys, maybe. May I was about to have a lot of people around me, yeah. <laughs> but just but it's those crypto, a pretty solid market. Exactly. The most famous basketball team ever. And it's like, oh, where do they play? Crypto.com arena. Like, Jesus Christ. That's cursed. Where did they play? Kroger Field. <laughs> go go cats, baby. Um, How does crypto.com arena fall in your guys' rankings of like obvious financial scams getting naming rights for stadiums? Because obviously nothing's I mean, gonna I, touch I, Enron Field. We all well, know. no, but that's the thing. Enron Enron's well, well, pretty well, hard. Well, well, well what what's Enron Field? <laughs> Yeah, the Astros. What the fuck? Where was I? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Bro, bro, <laughs> well, I mean, Enron went under when you I were went, like eight. So I went to a like game. I went to a game. I went to a Yankees Astros game at Enron Field. That means I mean I've definitely been to Enron Field then because I went to that stadium before if, I was eight. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if you if you went to an Astros game before the age of I don't know eight or ten, you you went to Enron. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh no, it's up there. Um, 
there was a gigantic Enron office outside, just outside of Jackson, like actually on the, the way you would go around Jackson to get to New Orleans. And I was a kid, I used because it was just empty by then whenever, you know, shit went south for them. But it looked like a, like a shopping mall or a college or something. I remember always asking my parents, like, what that was, and they would just be like, nothing. I'm like, well, it's something. It's fucking huge. Yeah, they uh... – I, I don't know. Is there any? Is there a Bernie Madoff uh, field at Steve Spurrier Stadium or something? Do they have anything? No. It, it's got to be. It's got to be Annoyed Ape uh, Stadium, right? That's the next one. That's the fall of the fall of the Roman Empire. <laughs> J.P. Morgan and Chase has got to cool. be honorable mention. Oh, they've. Yeah, they, well, or no, sorry, yeah. sorry. I was thinking Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo's got to be in there, right? Yeah. They well, have the Sixers. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. And, JP, and Chase Center is the Warriors. And JP Morgan's already got. I mean, they don't have naming rights on the stadium, but they basically own the insides of Yankee Stadium and MSG, and a bunch of sh- and a bunch of ships in yeah, Miami. Also, with, uh, kilos of cocaine. That too, they do. <laughs> they definitely own those. <laughs> and the company that had, honestly, it's the Mile High Stadium. That I think is cursed because currently it's a retirement fund, which like I'm sure is going to go poorly. But they had a they had a sporting <laughs> goods store that went bankrupt, and they got the rights from Invesco, which was an investing company that paid like basically a naming rights deal worth of fines and fees to like state governments due to improper trading practices and somehow kept their name on the stadium. (laughs) To me, it's like they're invest. That's Invesco field at mile high because that's what it was in the first ever Madden I owned. So it's just going to be that name forever in my brain. Yeah. That was the name it had when I was a kid. So that's what I always think of. And then every now and then I'm like, oh, right. They paid hundreds of millions of dollars of fines for doing financial crimes. <laughs> Allegedly. Man, that's uh... <laughs> I wonder what like what it was like. How can I think we can't start with the stadium, guys. We have to get a bowl game. The, the banjo CFB bowl, right? No, yeah, but it's got to be it's got to be better than that though. Like we have to make up a shell company a, to then sponsor a game. Sports drink. Like the Tony the Tiger, <laughs> no, the Tony the Tiger Sunday. Uh, I guess yeah, I guess I guess uh Armchair Media LLC would be like a hypothetically good name for a shell company slash fraud scheme. Yeah. Well, pa- do any of y'all know anything about crypto? We could create a company that gives like TED talks or some shit about why crypto is not a scam. I mean, I'm happy to lead them. I don't know shit about. Now, crypto, here's the thing. What if what if we, we what if we get the crypto dot com bowl, but it's spelled with a K? What uh, What if we sell the banjo like logo as an NFT? Make it a little racist. Mm. Wait, what KP, if we sell, I, you were getting something. Said, you were onto something. I said, what if we sell the banjo logo as an NFT? And we just, yes. And we go from there. And then every podcast episode is its own separate NFT. So we're up to 44 now. So we can, we can sell 45 NFTs. Guys, I if we sell we these. It- and every like concession worker has like a fucking vest and maybe like a leased McLaren or something. And before you get your food and drink, you have to listen to one of his pitches. <laughs> I really like this. We can, and then we take the best pitches. We bring them to Shark Tank. <laughs> I don't really have anything from there, but I figured Mark Cuban might be able to give us some money. No, we can't bring this to like smart investors because the whole point is that we like. Well, no, no. I said we bring it to Mark yeah. Cuban. I said we bring it to Mark Cuban. Oh, sorry, my yeah, yeah. Um, but. It's in. I will never. I still don't understand NFTs. Like there, it's, and I tried to do some research on it, just because people were like posting more and more about it, and I saw someone that said like, the crazier and more insane it seems as you learn more about it means you're understanding it more. Like it is. It is so obviously just complete nonsense that people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to own the rights to one version of a picture, but like the, it just doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. I mean, I mean, what all it is is just like an extremely streamlined uh, way to just do art fraud in a, in like a better way. No, not even art fraud, like or just, fraud fraud. I mean, I mean, I mean <laughs> but I mean, but yes, 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 yes. Money laundering through art. 
No. Okay. Yes. That's- it's just. It's just. It's just an. You. It's much easier to do it online through some bullshit blockchain system than it is to get an appraiser out there. And then uh, I, I don't know how it works. I feel like you got to get a lot of people into your house to do it. While this seems like a couple clicks, and you can you can get your fraud on the way. Did you see that person that made a uh, like a collage that looks like um, a person right clicking on a mouse out of? NFTs that they right clicked and saved. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the thing about NFT. Like, it's like you said, Andrew. It it's, seems like it's just art trading, but also money laundering. Which I mean, that's what a lot of art trading is anyway. But it's just electronic. But the thing about the thing about it being digital and electronic is that I can't. If someone owns a painting, right? I can't go to their house draw that like draw paint or whatever that exact like piece of art and then take it home and say all right cool i have this now with nfts it's like yeah like ross said i can just right click whatever i can screenshot whatever the fuck i want and that's also in my phone same dimensions and everything yeah that's what i don't understand (laughs) i don't understand like the value in the original so the way the thing i i ask people smarter than me all the time how crypto nft and all this digital shit that i don't understand works and basically what i gathered is you owning the original one has immense value, but how the fuck do you tell it's an original one? It's it's digital. Like at least with the oh. painting, you can either pretend or it looks really nice. I mean, you could have someone from Walmart paint some shit on a canvas and be like, "Original Van Gogh," and I'm like, "Tight, I won't touch that. Looks breakable." But like, I don't understand that with uh, NFTs at all. Where oh, you you get a receipt? It has you get well, a where receipt. It, <laughs> where it where it falls apart is okay. The, the, the like only, a fake vax card. I've seen people make fake vax cards. Why can't you forge a receipt? The the only thing that I have seen because it's a non fungible token. Apparently, I don't fucking know. Um, can't the, well, the only you wouldn't funge a car, would you? <laughs> <laughs> My, the the only the only way that I remotely. The, understood it, but he, it completely falls apart the moment you press it. Is there was an app called Aglet, and KP and I keep up with sneakers a little bit, and so there was this app that came out. We thought I, I thought it was some something to do with like the way it's like a third party market, like Goat or StockX, and you can go on there and you can buy shoes. But the way that you would do it was you like walked and you used their. It was like almost like a Pokemon Go version of like sneakers, and so it looked interesting. And then I found out that you didn't actually get like tokens to get real shoes. It was like you got them to get digital shoes. And the thing that I noticed in there was the found, they, they did some big Q and a that I listened to with the founders and they were like, well, people who don't have the chance to get the real shoes, they can go around and show their friends that they have these shoes. And where it completely falls apart is if you say, well, I don't give a shit about fle- like if you don't care about flexing this to anybody or telling anyone else that you actually own this, it is completely meaningless. If you have like if you buy art for the reason to put it up in your home because you think it looks nice and you and your family want to enjoy it, but you have no intention of like inviting people over and be like, oh, look what I own. There is no reason for you to ever participate in anything NFT unless you want to do fraud, then it seems like a great way to participate in it. Yeah. I thought these were for kids. I thought this is how Gen Z was trading cards. That's, I think that's how, like, that was the actual innocent beginning of it. You know, like how at the very beginning, Jeff Bezos was like, yeah, I, I think selling books would be cool. Like, that's how it's, <laughs> like, that's how it started. But quickly, uh, the powers that be, you know, corrupted it. Listen, if I owe someone, like, $2 million for some really illegal shit, like, yeah, I'll buy a picture of like a cartoon ape from them instead of just, you know, <laughs> wiring that um, through a bank that the feds can track. It also just like, they're worth so much money because I mean, again, like because money isn't real, like, cause people just decided they were but, like, this can't go on forever. Right. At a certain point, someone is going to spend $200,000 on an NFT to like make their Twitter avatar. And then they're going to find out that like 
I don't know, some like people are just going to be like, oh, I don't really care anymore, and they can't sell the rights to it because no one gives a shit, and they're out two hundred thousand dollars for some Photoshop. What I just need to—I need to know who's winning. Like, who is the person who is making the money in this very <laughs> obvious scam? J.P. Morgan Chase. No, it's. Uh, no, okay. it's <laughs> I mean, I mean, soon they will be. But it's the same people that fucking start religions. The people that decided, and then they profit off of it, and then other people. I was about to say, speaking of Brian Harson, like it's like the David Miscavige guy, right? Like the the guy that started Scientology, isn't he pretty loaded? I would hope so. After all that shit. <laughs> Oh yeah, like Joseph. Oh, that dude. Joseph that dude Smith. Said, I mean, probably Joseph Smith did not die a poor man. You know, if you, <laughs> if you star religion and it gets traction, but you better be bringing in racks. I'm sorry, like that's so, sorry. David Miscavige is the current guy. Uh, what did, L. Ron Hubbard? Does that sound right? Yeah, L. Ron yeah, Hubbard. Yeah, yeah, he was the founder. He was the guy that wrote all that. He was like a science fiction author, and then just started a religion. That is so. How much different is that than J.K. Rowling being like this Harry Potter shit? Actually, a religion. Give me the tax breaks. Like how how far off is that? Not well. There. J.K. Rowling could have done it. She just decided not to go religion route. But yeah, J.K. Rowling made the mistake of like creating a world where if she said it was real, you know, she'd have to like show people the wizards. Like L. Ron Hubbard did, he like, really like went through all this, and he's like, "No, no, guys, it's real. Like, you just can't see it because like it's in space." And people are like, "Oh shit, yeah, that makes sense." J.K. Rowling's mistake was making it like present day. Like Harry Potter was born in what, like eighty nine? If she was like, "Oh, all this happened. It was just three thousand years ago, and there's no record of it." That may have been the route to go if she wanted to go. Like make this a weird religion. And then she got really, really weird about trans people and yeah. then uh, decided to rule. Can we, like, I, I just want to give a quick shout out to Tom from MySpace. He's the only, like, super rich person of, like, the early to mid-2000s to just make their money and then fuck right off, right? Like, I don't know what that guy looks like anymore past his profile picture. I don't know what he sounds like. He sold MySpace and was like, y'all be easy. You will never see or hear from me again. Dog, he made like 500 million. It's insane. <laughs> and J.K. Rowling was like, ah, yes, I've created the most popular children's book franchise of all time with seven movies that made like close to a billion dollars, if not actually hitting that number. Eight you know movies what? that made I'm gonna, way over a billion dollars. It's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a real transphobic for no reason at all. Also, very racist. By the guys, Hermione was black. I never, I never said she was white, even though I was involved in casting for the movie and the artwork for the books. Never said Hermione was white, though. Y'all, Gringotts? <laughs> Ross, you want to explain the Seamus Finnegan thing before we start talking about football, maybe? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is a... I will, I will say, I reread the books uh, last year. Because they are good, and I stand by that, even though, yeah. Um, sure, yeah, why not? But, so this is slightly a, a push from the movie, so I don't know if I can blame her for this, even though I'm going to. Um, Seamus Finnegan is the only, like, obviously Irish character in the whole series, because most of the people are English, and they're like, oh, like this person's, like, Scottish, whatever it is. Seven uh, books in the UK, by the way. Seven, seven books, books set in the, the UK. UK. <laughs> and they picked one... 11-year-old guy in the first book to be Irish, and they just can't. And again, like, Seamus Finnegan is a real, like, that's almost Cho Chang levels of just, like, I made up a fake Irish name. <laughs> like, that's, that's like Patches O'Houlihan up there, you know? And they were like, okay, let's, let's give all these characters a little bit of love and a little bit of, you know, what's going to make them all unique in the first movie? And so they took the only Irish character in the movie, and they just decided to make everything he did blow up. It's like, <laughs> like, have you guys ever thought about that? And given that it's based in the UK, I'm assuming there's some sort of, you know, border thing. So it's like, okay, he's in the United Kingdom. So he's probably Northern Irish. And it's like, oh my God. Like, guys, stop doing yeah, that. 
Isn't J.K. Rowling also like a documented Tory? Right? She's <laughs> almost certainly. <laughs> there was a t- period of time where she was richer than the Queen. She might still be. Like she she'll be she'll be richer than whoever Elizabeth's successor is because I Charles is going to fumble the bag. But that's another conversation. Um, yeah, like the Cho Chang, Seamus Finnegan. And was there also one black person too across again seven books? Maybe two. Well, the books actually, it, weirdly, the books often refer to the Gryffindor Quidditch team, which is like surprisingly black. Um, but in the movies, they were like, no, we don't like those people will be in there, but like, we don't really care. We're just going to stick exclusively with Dean Thomas. And then they make him yeah, date uh, Ron's sister and everyone's like, no, we hate Dean now. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Gryffindor seeker, Greg Paul. <laughs> inexplicably starting over Nolan Smith for two years um, <laughs> Ross thanks for that primer on how racist and transphobic JK Rowling was is and will very likely continue to be dog she's so racist she's even racist against Irish people that's she, pretty standard for you know the British that is ins- oh, man Last two quick questions for football. Sorry. J.K. Rowling, is she – I know she's English of some sort. Does she live over there? Is she? Where does she live? She's definitely got, like, a high-rise in New York that she goes to twice a year probably, right? She has no fewer than three houses, I'm certain of it. But her legal address is – well, she, like, probably considers, like, England home. But her legal address is probably, like, I don't know, the Maldives or somewhere she doesn't have to pay taxes. Oh, it sounds like she's from Greenville, Mississippi. Anyway, the uh, – the, <laughs> Other thing was Greg Paulus the guy that went and played quarterback at Syracuse, or is that someone else? That was him. Okay, very same. hell yeah, awesome. I, that's all I had. I have no idea how he got like he played point guard for four years at Duke and was actually like a decent college basketball player, but some weird loophole where he just took a fifth year and played quarterback at Syracuse and was their opening day starter. I was about to say he couldn't no. be terrible. That's actually impressive as shit. I have no idea if he's any good, but winning the job after doing that is pretty impressive. I think he was, he was one of the first grad transfers. Am I wrong? Maybe. He I think you're right. Four, he, he, but he played four years. Like he just got like a fifth year for – I don't know what the actual rule was. But, yeah, he was like second or third team like Parade All-American at quarterback in high school. Like he there wasn't a scrub at all. rules. True. Transfers. Like the, the, theoretically, yeah. But, you know, you play four years and you get a fifth year. It's because you spun the eligibility wheel. I'm sure the NCAA was like, fuck it, who cares? It's like it's quarterback at Syracuse in 2009. Who actually cares? No one? All right, cool. Go on. Go for it. It's Don- Donovan. <laughs> oh, man. So these playoff rankings, um, fellas, does head-to-head matter? Yes. Nothing matters. No. I, 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 I mean, like, do, like, does it matter to me or does it matter to them? To, to them. I, got, I know it matters to you, Andrew. You're a man of culture. But do you think it matters no, to nothing them? Nothing ma- <laughs> Yeah. And, and also, like, it definitely doesn't matter to Andrew. Andrew doesn't have a hat rack outside his apartment where he hangs a series of blank white hats outside to pretend he's impartial. No, I started doing that after last week. <laughs> <laughs> I just what doesn't make any sense to me is and like not to get serious about football for a second but like the the Michigan Michigan State and the Oregon Ohio State thing like it's so it feels so obvious to me if you're going to bend the rule for one of them that they picked the wrong one yep <laughs> Like I can even like I can even understand how their argument is, you know. Head to head matters, but if it's not close, we will supersede head to head with you know things that are more important. Like I get that, whatever, you know that's probably valid. You know, head to head, I think in the original rules was only supposed to be a tiebreaker if they're super close together. You know, this came up in the first playoff rankings with Baylor and TCU when Baylor won head to head, but TCU was clearly the better team. So they kept ranking TCU ahead, and people were getting mad. But, like, Oregon is an underdog to Utah this weekend. 
They're, oh, they're are they just, really? Yeah, by like three and a half points. It's not even like a one point. Like they just slid under there. They're not. I think they lose too. They're just not nearly as good as Ohio State, but they're holding on to this idea, which I there must be some purpose to it, I guess. Because like, if Oregon wins out and they're in three right now, they have to go to the playoff. But uh, you could make an argument for me that there's four teams that are better than a 12 and one champion Oregon. Here's the thing. I, I, I agree with the principle, though, that if Oregon wins out, Ohio State shouldn't get in over them. I'm not saying that Ohio State couldn't get in on some other thing happening, but if, if it comes down to four and, and Oregon wins out and it's Ohio State and Oregon battling for four and five, I think you have to put Oregon in. It completely devalues yeah. the games if you don't. Look, I'm not the big – I'm not 100% into the head-to-head trumps everything thing. I think it does in a sport like football more so than anything. But in that scenario that you laid out, Andrew, if you do that and put Ohio State in, then what are, what are we doing? What, what are you playing these things for? Yeah, like the like they rank Michigan over Michigan. Look, if you think Michigan's a better team than Michigan State, I'm not going to argue too hard against that. But they, they played two weeks ago. Like that, they, that game just happened. It's not like it was. It's I, not like it's week one and so much. No, like those teams are very like, much. I the think same. they. I think they do that though for a different reason. I think that they know when. Like I, I think they do that just to straight up just to stir shit up when they know that like the Big Ten's getting settled. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who's ranked what in the Big Ten. We're gonna figure. it Yeah, but it's just like Rip said. Like, like why did Michigan play Michigan State? Like, 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 KP, do you remember <laughs> KP? Do you remember in what was it, 2015, when they slid Bama into four at that ranking before the LSU game, just so they could have? I mean, that was that Bama wasn't four there. They probably should have been five or. And at the, at that point in the season, like I do, I look. You've mentioned that before, and I've gone back and looked at it. Like Bama probably was around four, maybe five at that point. But like you said, it it, it does get settled. Like LSU and Bama were always on a collision course. So those, even though those things settled, though, it's like. If let's so that year, Bama and Ole Miss played. Ole Miss beat Bama in a wild game, but came into Tuscaloosa, was up by 19 in the fourth quarter, and won. However, at that point in the year, Ole Miss had lost twice at that point, and Bama had only lost once, and it was clear Bama was probably the better team. So if you want to rank Bama ahead of Ole Miss in that situation, sure. And uh, that game was week three. Michigan, like, they had one week behind Michigan State before the committee was like, uh, actually, yeah, no. You, you didn't Gary Barter say like just ignore the game result? We think Michigan's better. Like what the hell? And do they actually think that? Like, I'm not trying to go like full conspiracy because, but like, is there an element to the Michigan aspect of this? There probably shouldn't be, but. How I don't know. That makes no sense to me. There's no justification for that. And also, if you're going to do that, then why is Oregon still ranked ahead of Ohio State? Why have they not gone ahead and leaped them? That makes no sense. Because anyone with two eyeballs could see Ohio State's better. So if you're going to pull the metrics card and head-to-head doesn't matter, why would you not do it with the non-conference game in September? Ohio State literally has the best offense in the country right now. And since they like demoted their defensive coordinator has like a top five or top 10 defense and Oregon has just been like, I know you guys don't play spades. Um, so I'm not even, I'm going to make this comparison, but all my spades players will understand this. Um, Oregon has been walking jacks the, the entire season since that Ohio state game. When normally in spades, you either need to win with an ace or a spade and Oregon's been putting down jacks and been, Winning hands inexplicably, which is why I also think they lose at Utah. So, like you said, Rip, Ohio State's a better team. But if the committee says head-to-head matters when they want it to, so, yeah, I don't know. Fuck Gary Barda for multiple reasons. Well, like, head-to-head matters when the teams are close, which, like, we know Michigan and Michigan State are close. They have the same record. They played pretty similarly. I think the line going into that game was super close. They played super close. Like Michigan looked a little better, but Michigan State pulled it out at the end. The game was close. Like I, I loved watching that game because I knew that they were evenly matched. So like 
I could see an argument that Michigan's a better team, but the whole point of this, you know, like you got to play for, you know, it should be, it should mean something what you do with each game. Like the whole season should matter because like, otherwise just, you know, send to the end and put the four teams that you think are going to be best in it. But like, I just don't, Oregon is so much worse, man. Like, Head to head has to matter. Your entire postseason is a four team fucking invitational. That's single elimination. That's the most head to head sport possible. Yeah, but it has to matter when they're fully equivalent. Like, no one is saying right now that AM should be ranked ahead of Alabama, even though AM beat Alabama. Andrew, I don't want to hear it. I know you're about to say that. Here. Oh, I agree with you, Ross. I'm not even disagreeing. I was just, I just, I was adding on to the notion of the stupidity of this whole thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter because. Because if both those teams went out, they're making the playoff. So I think that I, I think that both of those teams will jump Cincinnati in a heartbeat. I think, and so and if the the only situation in which one of these teams ends up getting fucked is if uh, because I don't think either of us think that Michigan or Michigan State is beating Ohio State. Please correct me um, if I'm wrong there. And so I think that we're going to have a Big Ten champion, Ohio State, and then we're going to have, even if Oregon wins out, it's not going to be an issue because in this world, Bama would have to beat Georgia and then both of them get in to cause like an actual problem, right? Now that Oklahoma's done. Well, I don't know. What do you do with the uh, the 12 and one ACC championship? Wake Forest throw them off of a bridge. Ross, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Sam Hartman drives. Yeah, I just um, no, like 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 it's been a common theme. Nothing matters. N- nothing's ever mattered. But damn it, man, something should matter at, at a certain point, right? Am, am I crazy for you know, <laughs> thinking that? No, I no, agree I- with you. I agree with you, KP. A and M. You are not going to let yeah, Jordan okay, Davis cool. wear the calzone as a hat. It's not happening, Andrew. Speaking of Jordan Davis, look, I think Jordan Davis is one of the best like defensive players I've seen in college football in a long time. But, Andrew, you're, you're not on the Jordan Davis for Heisman train, are you? Nicobe Dean. Sure. If he actually plays over 60% of y'all's defensive snaps, by all means. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think that's a better argument than Jordan Davis for Heisman. Jordan Davis is just real big. Well, what I, I yeah, here's right. the thing, but what my thing with the with the defensive snaps is one, Nicobe Dean does play the, the grand majority of them. But two, if the if the entire thing is you're beating them so bad that you no longer have to play, you should have voters that are smart enough to not get suckered into like bullshit like BS time stats. Like if you're up. Oh, no, I, I, no, I, I, I meant like of the first team snaps is what I was talking about. Oh, I know you oh, guys are. In, oh. I know you guys are in garbage time a lot. I'm not that dumb. I'm stupid, but I'm not dumb. No, no, no. I don't. I, I mean, I think that I think the, the Heisman, the Heisman is enough stats based to where, um, Nico, but here's what I have said all year is Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter are in the goal line, the offensive goal line package known as the meat wagon um, where they go double fullbacks um, uh, on the, on the goal line. And if they gave Jordan Davis the ball and he scored five or six times, I literally think he would win the high. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I'd really not have an argument against it, but he should be so easy, but they should just, they should just do that. They're not doing that. (laughs) They, they won't, but Jordan Davis could have 30 rushing yards. Maybe not. Jordan Davis could have 11 rushing yards and four touchdowns, six touchdowns. And they could be against Charleston Southern and fucking Vandy. Uh, th- th- those are the things Kirby should do. Like Jordan Davis, if you can if you can manufacture a Heisman winner, you absolutely should do that. I know a lot of the awards are bullshit, but like a school winning the Heisman is a big fucking deal. Yeah, I mean, why do you think Lane Kiffin gave Derrick Henry 90 carries over two games? And clearly he's learned his lesson off of that, or not learned his lesson, but clearly he was like, all right, this might not be the way to go because Ole Miss now has four dudes that have rushed for 500 yards and all three running backs are within two carries of each other, which is kind of nuts. I was looking that up the other day. Speaking of Kobe Dean, there's an argument. Yeah, uh, Ely, 98, Snoop, 95, and Henry Paris, 96, and they're all within 60 yards of each other, which is pretty nuts. Jeez, give her, um, give her land. 
Yeah, and then you, the, uh, the other thing, you know, someone said to Kobe Dean, there's an argument to be made that was the final nail in Matt Chins Luke's coffin. So I wonder what their relationship is like now they're in the same <laughs> locker room. Because, like, he was, like, coming to Ole Miss, and then George's, uh, I would say, dick swingers came in and were like, how about this bottom line, fella? And that was pretty much it about 36 hours before he was supposed to sign. Now they're in the same locker room, and I would just love to know what that dynamic's like. Like, are they like, what's up, man? You know what's funny? George or Nicobe Dean could be known as the the SEC coach killer because this is something we need to talk about. I think on that pick six against Florida, he broke Dan Mullen. I, I, I Dan, I, those last two minutes against Georgia broke Dan Mullen. They gave up forty two points in the first half to Samford. They lost by twenty three points to South Carolina. It, like Nicobe Dean ruined. I mean, did you? I don't know if you remember that because you were at the game. But for anyone watching on TV, do you remember like after the pick six, it was twenty four zero. There's a pick of Dan Mullen. Like he's not frowning. He doesn't look angry. He's not smiling. But he's just got that. You know, the person that's just like they're browned out at the bar. They're not blacked out, but they're browned out, and they just have that look in their eyes, like that glassy look. It's like ah. It's an evil <laughs> shit-eating grin. Yeah. It's like a shit-eating smirk. Exactly. And like that, that's what Dan Mullen had on his face for like 30 seconds straight after the pick six. Like the, the Kobe Dean of the Grim Reaper. It's a guy who's accepted going. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Um, but, yeah, Nicobe Dean's awesome. He just he runs through – Offensive lines like their brick walls. Um, incredible player. Uh, God, what else we got? I guess there's games this weekend. Do y'all want to talk about those at all? SoCon Saturday, baby. Except for the Big Ten, who um, does the, the very successful thing of not scheduling any good games until the end of the year, so they prop themselves up artificially in this bullshit ranking. And then it always, it, it almost always comes back to bite them. Like, Which is really, it's really funny because like what they've done is, what they've done is like th- th- this online era now is like an era where like choking is maybe worse than being bad. Like being good and not being able to finish is like maybe worse than just being bad and like unassuming all along. And so they've really set themselves up to be like on the highest stage of failure every single fucking year, which is. It's, it's purgatory. Well, I mean, choking is definitely funnier. Speaking of which, did you see? The, I'm sure we got to get to Texas, Kansas, right? Y'all, to two of y'all said y'all watched that. I did not. I flew back for the Ole Miss game, so I didn't catch any of the night slate. Did you see Chris Del Conte, Texas AD? Apparently, he writes a letter to his fan base every week in like a, I'm sure it's like a newspaper type thing where he takes out a letter and he cited a lack of depth as some reason for the team's struggles for losing to not, Kansas. I did not lack see of depth. That. You know, I guess you know. Old Miss. I've heard Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss complain a lot about a lack of depth this year, and like how they're trying to fix it. And I imagine the bulletin board material of what they're striving for is a program like Kansas. If they can be as deep as Kansas, they'll be fine in the West. Listen, that's the thing, and I know that look, recruiting's national and landscapes change or whatever. But the second team at the University of Texas should, on their worst days, play Kansas to a draw. Every year for eternity. That's just that is a reality that Steve Sarkeesian has broken. And <laughs> no, the second team on the worst on their worst day, the second team in the University of Texas should be fifteen points better than the best Kansas team. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't. And, and listen, people say, "Oh, there's so much talent on the team," but Texas fans will swear there's no talent. When you look at like the two four seven composite, Texas is like a top fifteen team in terms of that. I don't know how the other teams recruit these good players and they turn out well and they don't at Texas. I don't think those are recruiting misses. I think once they get on campus, Texas doesn't know what the fuck to do with them. It's like I'm not even a Texas fan. I'm a documented Texas hater. But damn it, man, it's interesting if they're at least like decent. They're not even fun bad this year. They're just bad bad. The state, the great state of Austin. Austin. Um, I think it's probably the funniest fan base to watch squeal because it's like oh, yeah. it's it's the only like it's the only fan base that is able to maintain um, 
some sense of condescension while also being bad. Yeah, it's like I don't think they're the only ones. I think they're just uniquely practiced and good at it. I also think Austin is look. It's not L.A. It's not New York. It's not Chicago. But it's like and like Mark Titus has mentioned this a few times too. If Texas loses a game, it's like ah, oh, that sucked. But hey, man, we still live in Austin, so whatever. It's like they they can't they don't care. They care just enough to get red mad when they lose to Kansas, but not enough to if they blow a double digit home lead to Oklahoma State in the fourth quarter, right? Like that's like, ah, well, whatever. Let's hit sixth. That's a real thing. I hear those things <laughs> from Texas fans. I wish I was that like healthy and emotionally well adjusted. Well, they get to live in Austin. I'm pretty that's why we're the way we are in Tuscaloosa. What do we do if we lose? Oh great, let's go to high tide. Fuck that. No. <laughs> Uh, that was that was an uppity Athens thing. Uh, the only reason I know this is because you are a se- I'm, I'm seasoned at losing in Columbia. <laughs> I mean, but even now, like I was, I knew some people that were going out the night that Alabama lost to A and M, and I was watching that game in my apartment, and I was like, I just want to go to bed. Like, I I have no interest in doing anything fun. Dude, we um we drove to College Station for that game, and it was um me, uh, my girlfriend who's a Tulane grad, uh, my friend McLean and um his boyfriend, and McLean's also a Bama grad. And we're thinking, hey man, we won this game. Uh, when it, when we went up by a touchdown, guys, like wouldn't Northgate be so fun after this game just for like one or two drinks, just like going out, and then the field goal went through, and we just we were back in Austin within two hours. It's a ninety minute drive. And we were back in Austin within two hours from final kick. That's how quickly we got the hell out of there. That is one good thing about college football is it is just so each week matters so much that it has the potential to ruin an entire weekend. And that's, there's something very, there's something very nice about that. I'm as I'm currently watching the Pelicans drop to two and 14 on the season and could not care less. Within fifteen, within fifteen minutes, it's like, oh man, Northgate would be so fun tonight to just like, so help me God, if I'm not back in my apartment within 120 minutes, I'm going to become the Joker. <laughs> Boys, y'all want to uh, close this thing out? Man, let's Some do more. it. Uh, okay, so we'll release our pick six on um, our social medias. Uh, later on this week, but real quick, I just need a winner in each of these games and a quick reason why. Uh, leading off Michigan State, Ohio State. Go. Ohio State, because they are the destroyer of um, Yeah, because it, Ohio State close, but it's because it's just going to be funnier to watch Ohio State beat Michigan State by like 8 to 11 and then beat Michigan by 34. Um, so Ohio State slim. Yeah, uh, I've got Ohio, Ohio State, State easily. Yeah, I've got Ohio State close too. I think Michigan State's offense is like capital G good, which is a weird thing to say out loud. And yeah, they'll keep that close. Uh, next, Wake Forest, Clemson. Uh, Clemson just Deeks, because it's, it's funny. Um, I think I think Clemson's defense is like legit, like. If Clemson's offense had a pulse, they'd be ten and two this year. But um, Clemson's defense is uh, full of bullies, and I think they'll bully Wake Forest a little bit. So give me Clemson. Yeah, Clemson will be. Uh, Clemson's not ranked, are they? No, they are not. They'll be like eighteen after this week. No, <laughs> <laughs> they're intentionally unranked so that the committee doesn't have to value this Wake Forest to win. So that even when they're twelve and one, and they Honestly, honestly, it's kind of insane that Clemson's ahead of Mississippi State. In what? In football. I mean, I mean, Mississippi State's ahead of Clemson. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Trying to remove it. Um, uh, Oregon at Utah. Utah. Uh, or Oregon. You, or they've already lost their dumb game this year. I think they went. 
I kind of look at what what time is that game? Because if it's a night game, I Utah's playing. Utah's playing well though. Uh, it's it. Yeah, it's the ABC game. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, uh no, it's four well, th- four thirty local kick. Okay. Utah well, is always tougher than shit too, and I'm not sure how like tough Utah, Oregon is. That makes sense. Although Utah beat the worst team in in college football last week by nine points. So. Yeah, and this is like a weird Utah team. Like they feel less. Utah even normal. Yeah, they. I, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they they feel a little bit like Clemson in that like they struggle to develop an identity and have sort of rounded into form over the last couple of weeks though. But I still think Oregon. I think Oregon wins close. I'm I'm picking Oregon because if uh, they win, it'll make me happy, and if they lose, it'll be funny. So I, I win either way. All right, and last one here: uh, Arkansas at Bama. It. Are the Hogs in a womp this weekend? What are we feeling, boys? No, because I mean that would mean I would experience joy. Um, no. <laughs> Andrew, you know you're not allowed to do um, that. No, no, I don't think so. Although it would be, I just I'm really just looking to extend the narrative that Saban can't defend uh, mobile quarterbacks. But I don't think I don't think it, LSU could not. <laughs> Wait, the, narrative that di- the narrative that died like six years ago, but people just keep no, banging the drum for some reason. We're getting it. Well, the uh, Deshaun, and we're getting it back, baby. Um, also, uh, the battle of the four and six Louisiana teams, UL Monroe and LSU. That's just kind of funny. Something. To... <laughs> My money's on Monroe. Terry Bowden season, baby. Um, any? Are there any particular sicko games this week? Oh God! I was looking at the schedule earlier, and I found a yeah the battle of the Louisiana teams ULM versus I mean, yeah, LSU. Yeah, that that's going to be pretty I, gross. Give me give me a quick second. I found a deliciously sicko game too that I forgot to nab when I was writing this rundown. That I definitely oh Louisville, oh. At, Louisville at Duke Thursday. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> guys, guys, guys! What is going to happen in Florida, Missouri? That's Jesus. That oh, God, two five Dang. and five teams. That's pretty bad. We we got Arizona and Pullman on a Friday. Oh, God, this is, this is Washington, Colorado. Ugh. That'll be Cal Stanford. Yuck! Washington, is it every noon local? I wouldn't call Cal Stanford sicko because that is like a fairly prestigious rivalry. So I'm not sure. If, yeah, like, but they're you, yeah, but, but they're you, six and thirteen combined. Yeah, but you could tell your family I'm watching Cal Stanford, and they'd be like, "Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, like, you may be right." <laughs> you couldn't, t- you could not tell your family, "Hey, guys, um, I'm watching. I'm just, I'm just looking at the schedule now." Um, Jesus Christ! It, it, the post Jimmy Lake Washington against this version of Colorado is a real cry for help. For yeah, Colorado. that's a. It's like you know, okay. I'm t- not, not only are they bad, they're both uniquely bad at offense. Which I'm is, tuning into historical. Watchable. Historical college football rivalry, Auburn, South Carolina this weekend. That won't be fun for anyone. Oh, man. No. It, actually, it may be Illinois at Iowa because Illinois is a fucking sick team, and, and Iowa is just horrible to watch. Oh, yeah. Washington, Colorado over under is 43. I'm going to take right. the under. So, so decent slate um, for regular games and sicko games, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, what happened to the the SoCon Saturday bit? Is it just Alabama, uh, Arkansas, and Auburn, South Carolina that are playing this week, or did they like really go away from it this year? No, so all, in, uh, yeah, because they got Vandy, Ole Miss, too. Florida in twenty Missouri. in twenty nineteen, um, they start like when A and M played at Georgia, like the second to last week of the season. Which not really sure um, why A and that was the ugliest game of all time. It was like nineteen sixteen in the rain or something. Yeah, it was horrible. But at, at a certain point, I guess Greg Sankey just got tired of the Big Ten picking on him, so they really started to spread those bye games out. Like, in normal years, Bama would be playing Mercer this weekend, but we played Mercer in week two. Um, so it's – and, like, New Mexico State week, would have been yeah. a week two game in most years. But, again, it doesn't matter. Um, if your conference actually cares about you, they'll spread your schedule out instead of making you play Michigan State and Michigan back-to-back weeks. Um, don't know who would ever do that. Uh, but, yeah. Any last words, boys? No. But to win the national championship, Ohio State would have to beat Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin, 
and then two playoff games. So they'll fucking earn it if they win it. Yeah, if yeah, that's the next. That's the, ne- that's the next five. But we're going to learn a whole. <laughs> they'll definitely go five and zero in those games. Sure, I'm, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Well, yeah, they'll beat Georgia in the fucking semifinal. Bye. Yeah, can't wait. Bye, gang. Eat your finish your breakfast. Peace. Ooh. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.